Our first scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Listen for the word of God. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leopards approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Our second scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 18 through 25. Listen for the word of God. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that he is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. Happy 10th anniversary. You deserve to celebrate. I was interested to read that my friend and colleague Mike Holland had a role in your making this decision 10 years ago. Of course, Mike was just letting the Spirit use him, as was our sister congregation in the Northern California Conference of the United Church of Christ when it made the decision to ordain Bill Johnson back in 1972, the first gay person openly ordained to the Christian ministry in the 2,000-year history of the Christian church. Although there surely have been, over the centuries, 
many, both men and women, who have privately been of same-sex orientation and in their public role, outstanding servants of God. Reverend Bill Johnson is now retired, resides at Pilgrim Place in Claremont in case one of you, any one of you might like someday to meet this spiritual pioneer. The struggle for acceptance of same-sex oriented people is far from over. We've just been hit with the tragedy of Orlando. This was committed, as you know, by a man of Muslim background. I think it is fair to say that as long as, long as it has taken the Christian churches to move toward becoming fully open and affirming, it's taking the Muslim communities longer. That might be just because Islam is a younger religion than Christianity. Who knows? In any case, the complication is that in this country and in Europe and in India and in China, Muslim people often face the same suspicion or similar, the same negative judgments, the same outright discrimination and rejection that same-sex people have faced. Just as, however you explain it, the open and affirming movement has struggled in a lot of the African-American churches in this country, but that may be because of the fact that our African-American brothers and sisters have been as mistreated and oppressed as any group in human history, and they are still, still very much struggling to come to terms with what has happened to them. I mean, is it true or not, our human situation, it's a really tangled one. Our Lord Jesus knew that. And he taught us how to begin untangling the tangle, and he gave us the resources to do it. As you know, it comes down to love, but as he made clear, our love cannot be selective. Of course, it's easier for all of us to, to love somebody who's just like us, speaks the same language as us, has the same skin color as us, has the same favorite crayon, you know, the same religion, the same sexual preference. It's, uh, it's loving a human being, and that means standing by them, supporting them, listening to them, seeking to understand them, caring for them, loving a human being who is different in some major way from ourselves, which we have a hard time with. And this isn't true of just some of us, but all of us. So let me say a few words to you about the grace of otherness. First, grace. You know who we are as human beings, what our situation is, and how we cope with it. That's all a matter of our relationship with God, of God's coming to be with us and to help us in whatever way we need help.
And then second, this word otherness. That's a starker, stronger way of saying difference. I encounter you, you're another human being, you are different from me in so many ways. You're other than I am, and you're really, if you're, if you're a lot other than I am, that can be not just puzzling and perplexing, but scary. Scary and threatening, so that I might like to distance myself from you, excuse myself, and stay with people who are more understandable, more likable, easier to deal with, because they're more like me. Jesus made it very simple. He said that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. He said neighbor, and that's logical. He meant the person who happens to be right near you. In his day, however, the person near you uh, probably would have been pretty much like you. What if Jesus had said, love the other as yourself? No matter who the other is, no matter what she looks like, how she dresses, what language she speaks, which way she swings sexually. In our age, you know, it's no longer the case that the person right next to us or next door or down the street is going to be pretty much like us. We live in a highly mobile, interconnected, globalized world in which we can't keep from coming into contact with people who are very different from ourselves, very other to ourselves, even in threatening ways. The grace of the human being who is not only another human being, equally valuable in God's eyes as we are, but also so different. You know that before he told us to love our neighbor as ourselves, he said that we are to love God with everything we've got. And if human beings who are different than ourselves are sometimes disconcerting, that's infinitely more true of God. As the great theological teacher Karl Barth reminded us over and over again, God is so often completely other than what we were expecting. And that's why none of us can ever really know God's love unless we've also had some sense of what it is to fear God. In the end, there is no fear in love. In the end, fear goes all away because perfect love casts out fear. But I don't think we're being honest with ourselves until we acknowledge that all of us have within ourselves fear, not only of other human beings who are very different from us, but also of the ways in which God can be so different from what we expected. Were there any different threatening others back in Jesus' day? Yes, there were. And the nearest ones were the Samaritans. 
The Jews looked down on the Samaritans. They kept apart from them. No mixing with those people. They don't have our religion, our ethnicity, our customs. Well, you know, we know Jesus was setting us straight when he told us the story of the good Samaritan. The Samaritan was the one who cared for the man lying bloody on the road to Jericho when the, all the, the pious Jews just passed by on the other side to get away as quickly as they could. I mean, he was all bloody and dirty, for God's sake. We tend not to be so familiar with another point in the Gospels where the Samaritans show up. And this is not a parable, but an actual incident, the ten lepers whom Jesus cleansed of their leprosy. Jesus, they had come to him and said, please have mercy on us, heal us. He said, no, go and, go and show yourselves to the priests. Already on their way to the priests, they were healed. One of them understood that it was actually Jesus who had healed him from leprosy. He turned back, praising God, fell at Jesus' feet, and thanked him. And guess what? This guy was not a Jew. He was not a member of the chosen people. He was one of those Samaritans. Jesus called him a foreigner. One of these others, yet he was the one who recognized grace and where it came from. The grace of the other, of being other, of otherness. For that matter, since when we think about our open and affirming commitment, we think about the, the sexual dimension of our being, don't we? Let's remember the eunuchs for a minute. You know any eunuchs? I don't. Eunuchs, the males who had either been forcefully castrated or whose sexuality was otherwise dysfunctional. Were they looked down upon in ancient Israel? Were they excluded specifically from God's covenant from Israel's covenant with God? You bet they were. Here are the words of Jesus about these folks, the eunuchs. There were eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made so by others, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus says, let anyone accept this who can. Can we accept it? Can we believe that the grace of God can come to us precisely through others who are so very different from ourselves that they just make us very uncomfortable. 
Do we believe that our own being can be strengthened and purified and enlarged by the people who are most different from us? Jesus himself had to suffer, as you know, in his own being, this inability of his compatriots to recognize and accept the grace that was in him, the grace of his otherness. According to John, after Jesus had healed a man born blind, the Jewish leaders came to him and his parents trying to get them to state that however, however your son received his sight, it couldn't possibly have been through that guy Jesus. It couldn't have been. Why, I mean, he's a sinner. He doesn't follow the rules. He doesn't observe the Sabbath. I, I mean, I mean he's, he's like a Samaritan or a Muslim or a Mexican or a homosexual. He's just not one of us, so shape up, guy. You can, I mean, okay, you say you've got your sight now, but uh, give the glory to God, the God that we right-thinking religious folks are the custodians of. For God's sake, don't give the glory, don't give the credit to this sinner, Jesus. The answer of the man born blind who now can see. Hey, I don't know whether he's a sinner. And you know that in his mind he's thinking, I don't care. One thing I do know. I was blind. And now I see. I can see for the first time in my life after my encounter with this man, Jesus. Talk about the grace of otherness. Talk about the grace that comes to us exactly from the people that, you know, society wants to exclude because they are other than what we expect or want or feel comfortable with. And by the way, let's include in these other types the poor, the sick, the hungry, the homeless, the prisoners, if we want to know divine grace, if we want to know God, we'll stop judging them negatively too, stop excluding them from our presence and our communities because, just because they're so different from us. Instead, we will do what we can as followers of Jesus to reach out to them and include them in whatever way we can. We need them. It's by being in touch with them that the grace of God comes to us. He said that so clearly. When you do that to them, you're doing it to me. We're going to sing in just a moment the wonderful song from Mexico, uh, De Colores, of colors. I, uh, Pam says... Neighborhood Church is not familiar with that, so I'm going to ask her to play it through first, and then Jack will, will lead us. Uh, I wonder how many people who do know that song have made the connection between the affirmation of the different colors 
and the rainbow flag. The light of God, the grace of God, the love of God, which makes all the difference, comes to us in all colors, not just in one. And may God be forever thanked and praised for that. Praised for that. Amen.